0: Good morning. Good to see everybody. Hey, we are going to be in Matthew chapter 6 today if you have your Bibles. And before we jump into the Word of God, I want to uh, first just welcome everyone who's watching online. If you're joining us online today, we're glad that you're with us. And if you're ever in the Jackson area, please come and say hello. But church, can we welcome them? We're glad that you're joining us. And uh, before we read the word of God, I just want to take a moment to uh, hang on one sec. Yeah, I need to take that off today. Oh, I'll just leave it there. That's fine. Uh, To reiterate what we've talked about the last two weeks, I'm going to talk about it again today and then next week. And let me just say, if you're new to Radiant or it's your first time here, um, I have never in the nine years of our church or almost nine years of our church have ever endorsed candidates. I've never put like signs in my yard about anything political happening and never told anyone how to vote. Uh, We've talked about political things. We've talked about our approach to those who have different views than us. And and to love well through all of all political seasons, which, but it seems like over the last eight years. I mean, I thought, I'm gonna rabbit trail for a minute, is that okay? I I thought back in 2016, that was the worst I've ever seen in an election. It's not gonna get much worse than that. Fast forward four years, like, whoa, it just got a lot worse. But uh, I want to talk about Proposal 3 before we get, jump into the message. Just want to take a minute because I, I it's important because this is a biblical issue that has political implications. So what I'm going to say, this isn't me getting political or keep politics out of the church. No, this is biblical, and it has political implications. So, um, one, because... Abortion, Proposal 3, if you're not aware of it, it is a a radical uh, amendment to our state's constitution that would alter eight of the 12 articles. It's called the Reproductive Freedom Act. When you go to vote on November 8th, you're going to get just under 100 words, if I'm remembering right, of a 300-word proposal. So you don't actually get the whole reading and... Legal experts have reviewed, it, and it, this will essentially allow abortion at any time in pregnancy for any reason. Now, they talk about when the fetus vi- the, the fetus is viable and things like that, but they, they add other language that kind of just eradicates that. Um, so this would allow abortion at any time. This would uh, do away with our state's partial birth abortion. In Michigan, you can't abort a baby that has a heartbeat, or you know, a, a partial birth abortion or late-term abortion. Um, children can undergo abortion without a parent's consent. They can sterilizing transgender procedures without a parent's consent. Um, anyone. To perf- anyone to perform an abortion, even those without a medical license. And I know when you hear that, you say, no, that, that can't be true. Yes, read the language. It doesn't, it doesn't limit this to doctors. It doesn't limit this to, to surgeons. Um, it, it provides abortion providers to be shielded from consequences for injuring or killing a woman, elimination of all current health and safety regulations. Now, I've read this multiple, multiple times. And reviewed several legal experts' uh, opinions on this. Now, both sides giving opinions, and some will say, "Well, that's not the intent of it." Like, no, it's what you leave out that makes this makes this so radical. Now, the the lie is this just gets us back to Roe v. Wade. But under Roe v. Wade, there there was uh, protections for those who had conscious obligations. That's gone. In Roe v. Wade, at least parents had to know. That's gone. And, and it, it, it's essentially just a cart blanket, anything goes thing. And even if you're pro-choice, and I'm not here to change your mind. Uh, if you're a follower of Jesus, I have a hard time understanding how a follower of Jesus comes to the conclusion that that um, abortion is okay. Uh, because I prayed about this. I've looked at God's word. I have shared a message two weeks ago. If you've not heard it called Protecting the Unborn, please go and listen to it. Because I give seven biblical reasons why we should protect human life. Because when we go to the, pe- the, the polls on November 8th, we are deciding who gets to live and who gets to die. Only God has that right. Now, scientifically, my political views, scientifically, if we say life ends when the heartbeat stops then scientifically, that's when life starts. So politically speaking, that's where I get my political side of it. However, my value of human life comes from God's word, and his word says life starts at conception. So even before the heartbeat. So if you're a follower of Jesus, three things. Would you pray that the outcome of the election would be one that protects human life? Two, would you pray... Um, that uh, would you vote, number two, on November 8th? And I'm just asking as your pastor, vote no on, on Prop 3. Reasons why is because God values life we should too. Um, and it's, it's, not, it's extreme. It's not good. Even if you're pro-choice, this is not good. If you're a parent, you would want to know if your daughter was going to have an abortion. The same way if your you know, 15-year-old son wants to get a tattoo, you'd want to know this. That will be life-altering. So that's why uh, we should vote no on that. Three, use your influence to tell others. Educate yourself. Read it and go educate others. Help them see why this is is not good. And last is this. Um, Jackson's right to life gave us signs to hand out. I've never asked anybody. I've never put a sign in my yard ever. But I have on this just because it, it represents life, people, 62, sixty-three, sixty-two, sixty-three million people have, have are not here because of, of Roe v. Wade. So I don't think it's it's good for us. And and you know the obli- I'm going to probably post something this week on my, probably on the church's what Facebook page and even my own about s- some of the arguments and, and and some of the things that I just don't have time to say today. So would would you please pray about it? Vote no and tell others to vote no. Uh, and this is. This is your pastor getting political. I don't care if it's politically incorrect because we're a church. This is different because this is a moral issue, not a political issue. Does that make sense? Okay, let's pray. Whoo, Lord. Father, I thank you that because you're you're in the room, you'll convict our hearts. And and I pray that you, as we open up to your word, Lord, that the words of Jesus on the Sermon on the Mount would empower our lives to pray, to see what you see, to hear what you hear. I ask, Holy Spirit, that your word would sustain us, strengthen us, and we would not leave the same today, but we would be transformed by your words. Lord, that we're just not sharing content, Lord, but this would be something that changes our life if we apply it. And so we ask you to be here, Holy Spirit, to speak through it in Jesus' name. Amen. Matthew chapter 6 is where we're at today. If you're just joining us, we started a, a series back in the summer called Servant on the Mount where we're going through Jesus' greatest teaching, Matthew 5, 6, and 7, going through the different sections of scriptures, tackling them one by one each week, uh, pausing when we need to. But uh, this week, um, this is our second week in chapter 6. Last week we talked about when you give. Jesus this week talks about when you pray. Verse 6. Or five, I'm sorry. When you pray. So Jesus isn't saying, if you pray. He makes the assumption that his followers will pray. But he tells us, he gives us, uh, he gives us that, he tells us by calling people, who some people who pray hypocrites that you can actually pray with wrong motives. So number, but when you pray, do not be like the hypocrites. For they like to pray standing in the synagogues and on the street corners to be seen by others. Truly, I tell you, they've received Their reward in full. But when you pray, go into your room, close the door, and pray to your Father who is unseen. Then your Father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. And when you pray, do not keep on babbling like pagans, for they think they will be heard because of their many words. Do not be like them, for your Father knows what you need before you ask Him. This then is how you should pray. Our Father in heaven. Hallowed be your name, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we also forgiven our debtors and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. When Jesus gives what we traditionally call the Lord's Prayer, He's not giving us something that we just recite or we pray out of ceremony or religious obligation or maybe some backgrounds you've been told, you know, know, pray the Lord's Prayer this many times. You went to confession and this is one of the things that it's not meant to be like something to work through penance or anything like that. No. Jesus gives us a form, a model of prayer. It wasn't necessarily meant to be prayed word for word, although you could do that. He gives us a model of prayer that we're meant to build our prayer life off of. In Luke's account of this, he uses the word lego. Lagos, when he says pray in this manner, it's the Greek word legos and it means to build upon. We get our word for the toy Lego. That's the Greek word they're using. You know what Legos are, right? The little toys that you, you, uh, this place that you snap together to build something. And what Jesus was giving us was a form that we could build a prayer. We could snap together his words and form our own prayer life. So in ancient times, a rabbi uh, would give his disciples a prayer to recite, not for the sake of reciting it so that they would get their own prayer out of it. It'd be a little bit, a little bit like, a musician learning from another player. So I play guitar, I play keyboards, but when I learned to play, the first thing I ever learned to play on guitar, my dad taught me a blues riff, and uh, it was a really simple blues riff, so I didn't know how to do that, and I couldn't pick up the guitar and just do my own riff. He had to train me how to do it. So I'm like, dun, 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 dun. It's clunky at first. And I'm not real good at it. My fingers. It, and then I would move. And then eventually, after a few years, you, you start playing that, that blues riff. You're making your own notes. You're writing your own songs. You're crafting your own material. You're getting better because you learn from those who've gone before you. And this is what Jesus is giving. Giving us a prayer. And it might be clunky. At first, you might not be good at it at first, but as you begin to work this prayer, as you begin to work the form, prayer forms in you. The way I would work the music that somebody else taught me got music into me. But I had to first go. This is what Jesus is doing. He says, in this manner of prayer. But he did talk about when you pray to not be like the hypocrite. So he's telling us there is some prayer that doesn't please God. And I want to highlight those before we talk about what prayer is and how we actually work through the, the Lord's prayer. Uh, prayer that doesn't please God is number one, is when we pray with wrong or impure motives. When we pray with wrong motives, or in pure motives, our prayers should have a kingdom mindset. We should pray with God's will and, and for for God's will and for His glory. The opposite of impure motives would be a motive that lines with God's heart, would give God the glory, not praying for your glory, but for God's glory. But in impure motives, James four verse three says, "When you ask, you do not receive." So no, your prayers aren't getting answered because you ask with wrong motives, that you may spend it on your pleasure. So God wants us to pray. God cares about your needs. He wants you to pray about your needs. Paul isn't talking about praying for your needs to be met or praying for the provision. And it's not that you can't ask for for the house you want or the, or the car you need or the job you want, you can. As long as it's pure motives, it's for his kingdom, it's for his glory. It's, and He gets the glory through the answer of the prayer. But when you want to spend it on your pleasures, that's an impure motive. And impure motives don't please God's heart. Number two, praying to be noticed by others. Jesus said this, the hypocrites who love to pray to be seen. We talked about this last week, that a hypocrite was someone who was play-acting. Right, they would put a mask on. In other words, their prayers aren't authentic. It's not real. You know, it's just to be seen. It's it's you know, to be heard. Um, I try not to be a very religious I don't want to be, you know, I'm religious because I'm a Christian, but I want to be a religious person, if that makes any sense. I want, I want to follow Jesus, and I want that to be apparent, and I want to live authentic, but I don't want to play like I'm a Christian. I don't want to act like a Christian. And so when he's talking about to be seen by others, these are the pious prayers, right, that you, you, you've heard. You've heard me pray this, and I'm, I'm joking in a fun way, but it's the one that's like, oh, Lord. And you're using these and thou's. You don't even talk that way. Oh, Lord, thee, thou art the goodest of all thy creation. And you're like, is this real? Like, can't you just say, God, we need you? Like, like just a real authentic prayer. I want to be authentic. I want to be real. So do you. You know what I've learned as a pastor? That when you get invited to a party and there's a meal, Guess who gets to pray? The pastor. Like, I think people think because you're a pastor, like, oh, he loves it. He'll love it. Ask the pastor, because everyone else they're just nervous to do it. Like, I don't want to pray in front of the pastor. You know, like, no one wants to pray in front of the pastor. Hey, just be real. If you only got a two-second prayer, that's your prayer. Lord, bless this food. Let's get to it. Amen. The Lord will honor that prayer. You know, it's funny. Uh, like, I'm not the kind of guy who takes his hat off when he prays. Unless there's other people around to be respectful, I will. Uh, just but, And I'm an introvert. You know, it, it's probably weird to say that because I speak publicly. But you got to push past some things to do that. So when I'm at your house and, you know, the first pastor, would you love to pray? Yes, of course. And I'm going to pray. I'm going to take my hat off. But I don't want to. Like, if it's just me and the Lord, I'll keep my hat on. I'll pray really real. Uh I don't want to be seen. You don't you don't want to be seen. That, that, that kind of praying doesn't honor the Lord. He doesn't want us to pray with selfish motives. He doesn't want to pray to be seen. I'm not like itching to pray at your party. I don't know why I'm talking like it's just as I'm saying, I was like, God, he does he pray? Yeah, yes, I I pray, I pray. Um if I pray at your house, I, it's because I want to honor you. I just want to say that because I know there's people in the room. I prayed at your house. I just want to. Uh, it wasn't to be noticed. So prayer that doesn't please God is with wrong or impure motives, or you want to be noticed. It's for your glories. Oh, look how good he prays. Or, um, number three is prayer that lacks faith. You know, faith means you're convinced. Right, it's you're persuaded. Like I'm just, I know God wants to do this. I want to pray this way, but we've been taught in our culture, you know, some circles you don't pray for healing because what if God's trying to teach him something? Or, and I and I think about that as like, well, why would God design our bodies to heal itself? Why would Jesus heal many, heal them all? Why would he, every person that went up to Jesus said, heal me. And what do you want? I want you to, I, I want to see. I want to hear. I want you to heal my sick daughter. I mean, he prayed for sick people and they got healed. Like, well, that was Jesus. Yeah, we're to model him. We are Jesus followers. We're to be Christ-like. We're to imitate him. And I am convinced because it's in the character of God to be a healer, you can pray for healing. You can pray for provision. You can pray for the dream that God has placed in your heart. And I don't think God's trying to teach you something because you're going through something hard. He will, though. Like, you're going to learn something in your terrible experience or the thing that you're going through. My wife, you know, she's been in this motorcycle accident. We're learning something. I don't think God caused it. I... You know, I I don't, you know, so, well, what about Job? Yeah, read it. The devil caused it. Remember, Job 1 is like the devil says, he goes before them. God didn't cause it. So we don't want to pray with a lack of conviction. We want to pray with conviction. James 1. When you ask, talking about prayer, you must believe. Be convinced that the thing I'm bringing before the Lord, he wants to hear and not doubt. Because the one who doubts is like a wave blown and tossed by the wind. That person should not expect to receive anything. Look at this. Scriptures actually teach us that if we don't pray from a place of faith, believe, believe, a pray a place of conviction or being persuaded I, I, like I, praying from confidence that this is what the lord wants you shouldn't receive anything such a person is double minded and unstable in all they do which tells me that even your faith life is unstable so this tells us that our prayer life matters when you pray don't be like the hypocrites And then Jesus gives us a a model of prayer, but he doesn't want us to to play, act, and be in on not to be authentic. He doesn't want us to pray with wrong motives, and he doesn't want us to pray from a lack of faith. He wants us to believe the things that we're asked for that he would actually want to provide. You know, I know this for a lot of reasons. One, because God's answered some of my prayers. But two, Jesus multiple times uses the term Father. And as a dad... I get that. Like I want to provide for whatever my children, have. if I can do it, I'm gonna do it. And there's some things, even in purity, we can ask and not know that the thing is, is not gonna be good. So God may give us a no. And in time, they'll understand that. You know, I, I've had to tell my kids no for certain things. They're like, why? I want to, we well, just don't understand right now. So God, but He will always answer prayers. It's yes, no, or wait, or not yet. So a few years ago, about four or five years ago, we had a woman in our church. She's with child. And as it was developing, they, they found a, a, uh, a mass in the womb on this child. And so the doctors said, hey, this thing is a mass that's going to keep growing. It's going to kill the child. We think it would be best if you have an abortion. We, we, we can you know, remove this right now because the child's going to die anyway, and it will be harder on you. So you know these parents were were pro life, and the, the, obviously they came to us, sharing us the sad news. I'm so sorry, and um, but they decided we're at least if if the child is growing and has and has a chance to live, we want to see if it does. So we were not, so the the theology was a little bit different. than mine. I believe God's a healer, and I'm going to pray for healing, even though I don't know why he does. I don't know why he doesn't always answer in healing. I'm going to pray for healing because I believe that's God's best. So. Uh, but, but the theology, that the, the, the schooling they came out of, the school of thought that they came out of was don't pray for healing because God might be wanting to teach you something. So I remember we we're sitting talking and the wife says to me, well, I'm not going to pray that God heals me um, in, in case he doesn't want to. And I, and I remember I clear as day. like, that makes me sad. Here's why. Because God wants to heal you. Wants to heal your baby. And so I said, what if your healing, what if, what if the miracle you're after is on the other side of your healing? And I challenged her, said, tell me where you get that theology. Where does that come from? She couldn't give me any scripture. Because I, what I see is Jesus healing all the time. So I remember a couple weeks ago, she said, hey, I changed the way I pray. I'm praying that God heals my baby. And I'm like high you her, like, yes, you're not unstable. You're not double-minded. You're praying from a place of faith. Pastor Mike what would you have you done if the baby didn't get healed I would have still said God's a healer and I don't know why but because but I'm not going to change what I do know to be true because of the things that confuse me because we have the Bible that tells us who he is one of the names is Jehovah your healer Jehovah your provider Jehovah your pro- there are all these names in the Bible that says who his character is and healings one of them and she started Praying from a place of faith, and God healed her baby. And she lived, the mass shrunk. There it, it it was eradicated when the when science said that's gonna kill your child and it's gonna be hard on you. Whose report will you believe? Where is your confidence coming from? Don't first look. There's nothing wrong with science. I'm glad for modern medicine. I'm glad I didn't live 100 years ago. I'm like, I am glad for what science has accomplished. But our faith doesn't come from science, doesn't come from government, doesn't come from education. Our faith comes from the Lord. We pray from that perspective because science can give you a death report, but the Lord could give you another one. And you will live and not die, says the Lord. Yes. That's praying from a place of faith. So pray, but this is not in my notes. But pray bold prayers, church. That's what I'm trying to get at. Let's pray bold things and bold prayers. But what is prayer? Do I got time? Yeah. 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 Oh, I do. Okay, yes. All right. <laughs> I don't have my, listen. I'm, you all look literally like a blur of colors. <laughs> I usually wear contacts. So I put this on, it's crystal, you're sharp, you look good. I take them off, you you look like a rainbow. (laughs) So I can't see that clock. I thought it said like seven minutes to 12. I'm like, oh my gosh. All right, we got time. All right, we do have time. What is prayer? Number one, prayer is intentionally communicating with God. Prayer is intention. I put the word intent. He, He said, Jesus said, when you pray it's intentional the things you need and are bringing up before the lord intentionally bring that to him because if it matters to you it matters to god your the, the 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 dream you're fighting for the the, the healing you need the financial breakthrough that you, you know you need right now the 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 wisdom to for your marriage or, or, or to get that restoration or, or the conflict that you're going through. If it matters to you, it matters to God, but we must be intentional about it. I say intentional because you're communicating to God whether you're praying or not. We communicate to God whether we're praying or not. Whether you realize it or not. You're not praying. You're not going to him is saying something to him. And if we only go to him in the, in the bad times, you're really saying to God, I don't need you in the good times. I take care of my own life. But then we run to God and we run to church and ask somebody to pray for us because we've not cultivated. We've not let prayer form in us. So it's an intentional communicating to God. Psalms 5, 1 through 3. Listen to my words, Lord, and consider my lament. All right, so this is David. This is one of the Psalms of David. So lament, you know, is is like a weeping, crying. Like he's going, it's it's an emotional word. He's going through something painful. And in his pain, he says, hear my cry for help, my King and my God. And to you I pray. In the morning, Lord, hear my voice. In the morning I lay... My request before you. What's your request of God? You can bring it before him and wait expectantly. Look at that word. Expectantly means I'm anticipating it to happen. Expectantly is implying that it is coming. Even though I don't see it yet, I'm waiting expectantly for the word of the Lord to come true in my life. I've laid my request before God. Now I'm going to wait. There is this tension, right, that we feel between the time we pray, pray a prayer and its answer. We want the answer today and might not understand that the fire and the trial we're going through is going to bring about something better on the other side of it. But you prayed a prayer and now we're waiting expectantly. We're, we're waiting in our faith for God to answer this prayer. And in the waiting... Don't lose faith. In the waiting, don't lose heart. It's coming. It's a little bit, I picture this like a little kid who's waiting for someone to come over. Maybe they're going to stay the night with grandma. Gra- grandma, grandpa's going to come and pick you up. You're going to stay at their house tonight. So the kid packs their clothes. There's an anticipation. Grandma and grandpa's coming and they're looking out the window. They're not there yet. Grandma, grandpa's not here yet, but there's this expectation that's in the child's heart that they're coming. And when we pray, David said, I lay my request before the Lord and I wait expectantly, like the kid looking out the window at the driveway for grandma because they know grandma and grandpa won't let us down. People will let you down. Our spouse will let us. People, but God will never let you down. But don't lose hope in the waiting. Two, prayer is a personal connection with God. I love that Jesus uses the word, your father. That's really rare in the Old Testament. He's called a father in the Old Testament, but it's rare. All through the New Testament, though, Jesus reveals the the heart of the father from God to us. It's personal. Your father, who sees what is done in secret, will reward you. Well, what's the reward? His presence. What prayer does is it takes us from this intellectual concept of God to a place of encountering the Father. Through prayer is how we encounter God's love. Through prayer is how we encounter His freedom. It's where we hear His voice. It's where we are led. It's communicating. You know, communication is a, is, is a back and forth. But after you, you go there and you lay your request, you wait expectantly because now you're ready to receive a word. And sometimes we don't hear because we don't stop long enough or we've not learned the frequency of God's voice. But you develop that in prayer. I think a lot of us, we pray for solutions. What do I do? Where do I go? How do I? da da da? Lord, tell me. We pray for wisdom. And what he does is he just lets us go through the thing and wisdom is the outcome of it. Or we pray for a release from the pain when really he wants to give you peace within the midst of it. Release me from the situation, the circumstance. Get me out of this. Give me the solution. And God's like, how about I'll speak to the storm, but you're still going to be in the boat. You're still going to feel the waves, but I'll bring peace. So I'm going to bring peace in your chaos, but you still got to cross this lake. But it takes time to develop this. It's a sitting. It's a waiting in the presence of God. When Jen and I, it was 10 years ago that we knew we were going to plant this church, 2012. May of 2012. 2012 we knew we were going to plant a church. June, we knew it was Jackson. In the fall of 2012, we were going to Alabama to be trained how to plant a church. It was just like a, a training ground for pastors. We didn't know how to do it. But one, one of these times, trips to Alabama, we, we find a state park, we go up on, on this mountain, there's a lake, and we're by this lake, and we're praying. We're praying for solutions. Lord, how do we tell our children because we hadn't told anybody yet, how do we tell the church? We hadn't told the church that we were pastors, that we were associate pastors at. How do we get money? How do we we pray for a job? We pray for the transition for our children, the new location. We're praying all the, all of the unknowns, and we're wanting an answer, but we're laying our requests before God. He gives us none. He doesn't say, well, this is when you tell your children, this is how you're going to tell them. This is is where you're going to plant your church. We didn't have a location yet. Here's where it's going to be. He didn't tell us a location. He didn't. All of those things came later. But what he did do, we're sitting there at this picnic table, and we felt, I say it's like a blanket. We felt a peace, but you could feel it tangibly, you could feel like a, we felt a wake If it was Disney recreating the moment, I imagine you seeing those little sparkly things that fly around people in movies. Like that's what I, that's what I seen. I didn't see that, but in my mind's eye, that's what I seen when this wake came in. Like, I, so I say to Jen, do you feel that? And she said, yes. And we begin to weep because we could feel the very presence of God tangibly with us. Now let me tell you what that, so we heard no voice. But the peace told us this is all going to happen. Are you seeing what I'm trying to get at? You might not get a phrase in your mind, but you could. You might not get an image or a picture, but he does do that. He does speak to us through images and phrases, but he also speaks to us through peace. It's one of the primary ways is, do you feel peace? The peace told us. You're going to have people. The peace told us your kids are going to get through this. The peace told us, even though you don't have a job, you'll be provided for. The peace told us, even though you don't have a location, I have a building for you. The peace told us, even though you don't know the timing, it will be the perfect timing. Prayer is, prayer is how we communicate with God and we encounter his peace. Deuteronomy 4.7. What other nation is so great? Listen, there is nothing in, other, in any other religion except Christianity that says God's with you, that God loves you. All the other ones say earn his favor. Try to please him and he might answer your prayer. No. What other nation, or let me just say it differently, what other religion, Islam, Hinduism, all the others, What other religion is so great is to have their gods near them the way the Lord our God is near us whenever we pray. Whenever you pray, the Holy Spirit is with you. Peace can be deposited in your heart. It could be conviction too. It's it's not always Holy Spirit goosebumps. It could be lay this down. It could be a direct... Obedience thing, and if He does give you something to obey, do it because whatever He's asking of you, it's always for your best. It's never to withhold from you. It's always because He wants to get you to something better. This week, the Lord just convicted me of something, and it was, wasn't a sin thing, but it was just a simple conviction. And I shared it with Jenny, and she's like, "Oh, you love that? Why would you? Why would the Lord?" And I'm like, "I don't know," but He told me this. So, and it was like, I'm just to say yes, yeah. Lord, I'll do that. So I told him, I'm going to do that. Yes. It was an obedience thing. No peace, no goosebumps. Number three, prayer empowers us for life and ministry. I think the difference between a powerful church and dying churches is churches that pray. Because prayer empowers ministry. It's the fuel of the lifeblood. All churches pray, but not all churches are praying churches. We've made a commitment to be a praying. A, we we have been committed to be a, a prayer, worshiping, presence-driven church from day one. Prayer, worship, all of these things are at the center of. And we You come in is like, what's that? Why, why is Radiant different? Look, all churches have the same vision. They want to see pe- the lost find Jesus. Well, let me tell you something we added in our statement. We're here to reach people with the love, life giving message. Not just a theological message, you must be saved so you don't go to hell. No, it's so good, it changes your life. And it's a good life. It's a life-giving. You're thriving. You're finding freedom. You're finding joy. You're flourishing in life because you've choose. chosen to follow Jesus. And it's empowered by the Holy Spirit because you're a praying person. Not because you go to church and you say a prayer. But you're a praying person. You, this is why every Thursday we gather for prayer. Every Tuesday our staff prays for one hour. This is why we do our, pray, our seven-day prayer focus, our 21-day seek. We, we want to be a, a praying and worshiping church because it's the thing that empowers ministry. It's the thing that empowers your life. Prayer invites God's power, and it transforms us. Acts chapter 4, this is the church praying. After they prayed, the church, the place where they were meeting, so the gathering of God's people, was shaken. I want a shaking in this place. I want the Holy Spirit. When we pray a prayer, God shows up, and there's a great shaking in our hearts and our lives. And they were all filled With the Holy Spirit, that's the empowerment, and spoke the word of God boldly. You know, we talk about this pro-life from Proposal 3, and some of us, we have fear to say what we are convicted about. And it could be you just are not emboldened by the Holy Spirit yet. It takes the power of the Holy Spirit to say the things in a loving way. Or to share your faith with somebody. Or to pray for the person in need. It's not a sharing your faith. But I just, I want to, can I pray for you? And, and it's prayer is when things start shaking in the spiritual realm. And, af- and after they prayed, where they were meeting was shaken. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit. Father, I pray. You'd fill everyone here with your Holy Spirit. We would be bold. We'd pray bold prayers. I pray we would walk out the convictions that the Holy Spirit lays upon our hearts. That you'd transform us through our prayer life. We're not earning it through prayer, but prayer is being formed in us, and power is its outcome. Amen. We'll close with this. The Lord's prayer is a form, a model, not meant to only be recited, but to actually grow off of. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Jesus is telling us to keep God's name holy. Hallowed means to keep holy, make sacred, sanctify, to honor, as holy, to revere, your name implies his character. He's a healer. He's a provider. He's a father. Fa- Our father in heaven, hallowed be your name. So that's, that's a form of praise and adoration. Then he moves on to your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as in heaven. This is partnering with God's will. The kingdom is God's rule and his reign over the earth, the spiritual realm in which we experience God. It's his presence The will is his plans and his desires for us. Then he moves to give us this day our daily bread. This is a prayer of provision. This is where we're bringing our requests and our needs to him. Forgive us of our debts as we have also forgiven our debtors. A prayer of forgiveness. Releasing others and being forgiven ourselves. Number five, he talks about leading not into temptation, but to be delivered from evil. This is a prayer of protection. So let me say this differently. I'm going to model this in closing. Use this form until prayer is formed in you. Play this blues scale until you can play music on your own. Use this form until prayer is... I don't know how to pray. Start here. Here's how. Let's close our eyes. Our Father, Lord, I thank you. you revealed reviewed yourself as father, which means you intimately want to know us. A father corrects, but he doesn't judge. A father restores and doesn't criticize. This is who you are. And father, I pray that as the people of God, we would honor your name. That your name would be kept holy in our marriages, in our jobs, in our ministries and all the things we're doing. And I pray your kingdom to come. Father, would you permeate our hearts and our lives with your presence? Would you empower us with your Holy Spirit? I pray your realm, your activity among us would be real. We would sense it, Father. Let the kingdom of God be working into every fabric of our life. And we pray your will to be done on earth as it is in heaven. Whatever you have written in heaven, Father, for us, your will for our marriage, your will for our finances, your will for our state and our nation. Father, as we are considering this proposal three as a state, Father, I pray for your will to be done, which would be to protect lives, Lord, not only of the baby, but the mothers and the fathers. Your will is, Father, for families to thrive. And I pray for the will of God to be done on earth. Right here in Jackson, Michigan, let us be a catalyst of raising our voice, for those who have no voice and give us this day our daily bread father I pray for provision for those in the room they need a breakthrough in their finances your word says that you give us daily a provision Lord those who are struggling to pay their utilities I pray for the miracle of that financial provision those believing for another job father I pray you'd provide that. And forgive us of our debts. Father, we just choose to forgive. To walk in forgiveness and to extend it. Lord, I pray for those in the room, they, they need to know they're forgiven. And if you're here today, you've come, you you've even prayed it, but you still don't feel forgiven. And the Lord says to you, forgive yourself. Father, we know we're forgiven by you and we've forgiven others, but help us to forgive ourselves. And I hear the Lord saying, be kind to yourself, because if you're kind to yourself through my power, you'll be kind to others. So do that, Father. Forgive us of our debts and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us. So Father, today, I simply pray a hedge of protection over this church, over their marriages, over their finances, over their health, over their spiritual life. And I pray you deliver us from evil. Father, that we would not walk down evil paths, that we would actually see that, that we would have wisdom. Oh, this isn't the Lord. That we, we would walk in your ways and not in the world's ways. That we would not be led. You'd lead us not into temptation, but you would actually deliver us. So if we see the temptation, we may even want to go there. That we would experience the voice, the deliverance, the hand of God to pull us out of that. All the unique situations to, for that deliverance I pray for. Father, I just thank you. You delivered my wife from a terrible motorcycle accident. I see a line of angels that guarded her. when she could have went over a mountain cliff. when she, You just protected. So our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And give us this day our daily bread. Forgive us of our debts as we have forgiven those indebted to us. We release everyone who's harmed us And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us. And all God's people said together.